nurses and hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. Is quantum jumping a real thing? I mean, it's the latest trend on TikTok, but does it really work? And what is it? On today's episode of Nurses and Hypochondriacs, my very special guest, Cynthia Sue Larson, joins us today to talk about the quantum jumping phenomena, consciousness, reality shifts, and the Mandela effect. And uh, oh yeah, we're going to talk about time travel and how time travel is a real thing. This is a super fun episode and you won't want to miss it. This episode was brought to you by Rogue Nurse Media and The Well-Written Nurse, empowering nurses and patients to tell their stories. And welcome to Nurses and Hypochondriacs, Cynthia Sue Larson. Hello, such a nice treat to be talking with you today, Ursilia. Oh, I love what you're doing too. Yeah. Thank you. I know. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I, I'm so excited that I found you. Uh, it's been an interesting journey for me. Like I was telling you a little bit about, um, but yeah, I want to know how you started all this. Cause the way I found you was I, um, started looking into timeline jumping and quantum, um, timeline jumping and, and really studying consciousness, Yes. Intently. <laughs> very, very seriously, because a man came into my world at, that I was dating and he was doing this stuff. You know, he kind of um, it happened when one night he sent me a painting that he had done of this voluptuous woman. And I was just like, and it was at seven o'clock that he sent me the painting. And I was like, why are you sending me this painting? I haven't talked to you in three days. What's going on with you? I swear he's a time traveler or something. Right. <laughs> right. So um, he's like, don't call my painting fat. Cause I called his painting fat. And, and so we had this exchange. It was very funny. I was writing him a letter at the time. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to write you this letter. Just wait for it. And then we'll talk about it later. At 11 o'clock that night, I go into my bedroom and I take off all my clothes because I'm getting ready for bed. And I stand in front of my, my mirror. And I'm like, I just stood back. The painting was me. Those were my curves. Wow. And so in the morning I called him and I was like, Hey, I know who the woman in the painting is. And he's like, well, who is it? I go, it's me. You know, and and I was furious and I went to his house and I actually saw it and he was like shifting it. Like he was changing it into different modes. You know, it, Mm -hmm. it, it kept, it, it it had many different colors and stuff. So he had different formations of it, which was really weird. And so I was like, that's me. I know my curves. Like he took my curves, but it was like me looking into the mirror. It's like, as if he was in my head looking at me. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? It's not his right. version of me, right. which was really interesting, a little bit creepy. So I asked him what he was doing. And he's like, oh, I was astral traveling. And I just saw this vision of this woman and I had to capture her curves. It's interesting that that was time travel too, because he clearly painted it before you even 
had that moment of looking and noticing your curves, like, you know, exactly. Isn't that fascinating though? So super cool. Love it. (laughs) It's like, he's a time traveler. I was like, what? And I, and I kept telling him that I go, do you understand? You sent it to me at seven and I, and I took the pose at 11, right. You know? So does that mean that there's no time and space? I, I mean, it means that we can see through it. It's like, uh, like astral traveling and remote viewing, these kinds of things. We're aware that we can observe through our true identity, which is consciousness. And this gets to the heart and soul of quantum jumping of reality shift. Right. It's the key to the whole thing. You've got to recognize that we are not our bodies. We are in the body, but we are consciousness itself. And that means we're capable of actually traveling like your friend was doing before. Oh my gosh. Super cool. Super, super cool. Oh my gosh. It's pretty wild. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Cynthia. Like how did you get into writing about all this amazing, cool stuff? Like I said, you were probably a time traveler too. I think you were way ahead in the future when you were writing all this stuff, because when I was putting together this episode, um, I read your first book, um, a couple months ago, the quantum jumps book. And then I was looking at your website. And I'm like, wait a minute. How about the consciousness book? You know? Um, and, and I was just like, wait a minute, let me read this. And, and I canceled all my plans yesterday. I was like, I have to sit there and read it. And it, it answered so many of these questions that I've had because I've been doing, um, all of this research and all these, this phenomena has been happening to me. And I was like, this book puts it all together. Right. You know? Well, that, yeah, this, you're right about that. I, I guess you could call me a time traveler in the sense that my most recent remembered past life is about 500 years in our possible future. So it's a possible future and right. it is very clear for me. So it totally drives everything that I'm working on because I feel like this is a pivotal time in human history. It, to me, it was obviously clear 20 years ago, but now I think everybody can see it. So I was definitely writing about this in my book, Reality Shifts, that I think you're referring to. When yes. consciousness changes the, reality the physical shifts. world. Yeah. Yes. That book was a little bit ahead of its time because when I yes. showed it, when I showed it to my agent at the time, my agent didn't know what to do with it and felt like this won't even sell. Then of course, what the bleep do we know came out? <laughs> so it's fine. You know, obviously we're in a growing awareness, awakening time where humanity is recognizing that what if we are consciousness? What if things like the placebo effect have a science behind them? What if all of this is the true nature of the way reality works and the quantum paradigm is the key to everything? And that's where my books like to go. And and so my background um, then is basically based on my awareness of being consciousness and remembering not just that past life in the future, but also hanging out in between lives. And so that kind of, uh, that quality of who I feel myself to be is an intrinsic part of everything I do. And clearly that shapes it. And I think now that we're going through hopefully the end of this pandemic, people are coming out of hopefully a reflective time with each person really starting to recognize the power of this um, level of awareness, this observational skill that we each possess. They are and they are. 
they're waking up. This is what I'm seeing in um, healthcare. So a lot of people are waking up and, but they just are, they're upset. And I was like, oh, I was there 10 years ago (laughs) in 2012. (laughs) I woke up and I was mad, you know, and, and thank God I had already started my creative projects because I was like, okay, I, I have to channel that, yeah, channel that energy, you know, and kind of put these two things that I'm doing together to where I'm not just focused on here. Like I I was working with a group of doctors on Sunday and they were just very upset. And they're like, Oh, the management here. I go, that's everywhere. I go, you have to focus on what is your goal? What is your goal? Do you want to get up and change things here? Or are you just here to make money and then create something else on the outside? Right. Right. And, and, and they're like, oh, and I go, you have to see it that way. You can't keep fighting this, these people because they're not going to change. Yeah. It's a waste you know? of effort and time. And yeah, exactly. Right. And I, I did a lot of hypnotherapy and my hypnotherapist years ago when I was in my awakening um, said to me, she's like, uh, there's corruption everywhere. Pick your poison. You know, <laughs> well, that being that being said is possible too to do like you're doing and tell stories that are capable of bringing that rogue element. I love the way you use that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because oh, thank you. It totally invites people to take that um, observational level that step up so that they can view things from a level that's above the current drama. And that's why philosophers and storytellers are my heroes. So you're my hero. You know, Aww, thank you. You're my hero. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're basically inviting us to take a look at everything as if it's like a play on the stage. And so then we relax our autonomic nervous system resets. We can finally absorb some new information that otherwise we're constantly shutting the world out because we're in that, you know, we're a little bit revved up, a little bit in the drama. And so then we're like, nope, can't take it, not taking it. But in the story, we're open. Right. You take yourself out of the story and and you're like the audience, you know, and that's what I've been teaching people, especially after reading um, your quantum jumps book, Uh, even in bullying, you know, because, because what I've noticed, this is really interesting is people will bring you into their reality. They'll like push you. They'll they'll, try. They'll try. I'm the victim. That means you're the perpetrator. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're like, I don't want to play this role. I don't like this. No. Yeah. We're playing good guys and bad guys. I'm the good guy. You're the bad guy. Like Like when we were kids. Yeah. Yeah. I, I started to really notice it after I read your book, because, and I'll give another uh, example. I was at a nail salon with my friend Gary, who's had several near death experiences. Um, and he is a very fascinating person. He, he kind of glows, you know, he, he, he resonates and, um, we were at this nail salon. It was October and I was looking for a burnt pumpkin nail polish. And that's what came into my head. And I was looking for it. I found a fluorescent orange and I was looking for it. And I kept saying it out loud. I'm looking for a burnt orange or a burnt pumpkin. And my friend Gary was sitting with his back to the nail polishes. And there was a box there. And all of a sudden he reaches in back of the box and he pulls out a nail polish and he gives it to me and he goes, is this what you're looking for? It said burnt pumpkin. Oh, wow. So that's, that. how, that's how I knew I was. And then everything kind of kept going bad at this nail salon. I didn't even want to be there because we had to wait. Uh, I was like, there's a nail salon in every corner. Let's go somewhere else. No, but he insisted we stay there. And so that's how I, I started to really 
watch that. And I was like, this is interesting. Is this my reality or is this theirs? So it's always like, know thyself, right? Absolutely. Cause we're experiencing subjective realities. We are social animals. So sometimes we things converge, but not always. And I think that's really an important aspect of quantum paradigm thinking to start opening yourself up to, because that's not what we're learning. It's not what we're taught is just the opposite. We're taught there's only one truth. There's only one history. We Now, if you look at, if you study like Carlo Rovelli's book about time, he's a physicist and he talks about time. Then you become instantly clear on the fact that my time, my, my now is not your now. And so that means everything is a little bit off. Like everything is different. And so why are we assuming that there's every, that there's this one objective reality? And, and then if you go to the, if you just jump to the other side of it, which is where I am with this whole quantum jumping, timeline jumping, reality shifting, Mandela effect. I love it. Yeah. Then you're in this place where suddenly you recognize what if it's true that I have my own subjective reality, you have yours. Sometimes they come together, but sometimes they don't. And that means we're going to have different memories, not just in the present moment, but like uh, we can be timeline jumping to such a degree that you might hear us someone tell you like, don't you remember that time when we were kids and blah, blah, blah happened. And then you feel like, what, what are you talking about? Because that is not what you remember at all. That's interesting because the guy that I was dating, I think because he jumps so fast and so quickly his how his brain works, he would tell me a story and then I would repeat him the story and he'd be like, that's not what it is. (laughs) Right. And it was different. And then he would tell it a different way. Exactly. And it was pretty wild. And um, we should study him. Like, I just was always so the reason why I kept dating him was I was so fascinated by him. I'm always a scientist. I've been a scientist ever since I was in third grade. I loved science and doing science projects and stuff. So so I'm just like, this is really, really he's he was so fascinating to me. Like I got to figure this out. Like what is he doing and what is going on here? Yeah. And he, he's a very brilliant man and very um well to do for himself, you know? And I was just like, what's the secret? And I would I kept asking him and he'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well to him it's normal and he doesn't to see to him it's normal. It's true. He doesn't he's see like, how fast he's zipping through these realities. Right. I think a lot of our top um, people are doing this and they may not even be aware that it's happening. You're right. Right. Um, it, it's just pretty wild. So um, this can kind of go into my next question on uh, how we can use quantum jumping in our own lives. I mean, how, you know, can you kind of give us some examples on how this can help us, especially in healthcare? Because what I'm seeing now is a lot of my patients are just not being accountable for their own healthcare. And it's a scary time not to do that. Uh, I mean, we're done with the, the doctor that used to know you and come to your house and visit you and be in the community. And the doctor saw everybody. So he knew what was going on with everybody that hasn't been around for a hundred years or so. And now you'll go see probably a different provider each time you go into the healthcare field. So you really have to be accountable for yourself and what's going on with you. But it's amazing how in the adult world, people are on hundreds of medications, don't know what they're taking, don't know why, don't understand anything about their health or the food that they're eating. And they're very, very unconscious. This is what I see. I see because I watch people and I was like, wow, they're in a loop. 
they're unconscious. They don't even know what they're doing. I mean, my mother was having some eating problems where she just kept eating and eating and eating and she was in a loop. Sometimes the gut <laughs> microbiome, there can be a dis, what do you call that? A dysbiomic bi- situation. So it was with her because oh she did gosh. have a, yeah. yeah, it did. She did have so a lot of not, stuff going on with her microbiome. So which I wouldn't want to blame her. I'd, I'd be like, okay, so it's almost like the stomach is wants to feed itself because it's yes. got this whole situation yes. going and it's not, yeah. I wouldn't blame her. A it's also people, an anxiety thing, you know, because yeah. I, I totally broke it down for her, you know, because her doctors weren't helping her, right. you know, and so she has to be very conscious, very aware, very, you know, in the moment. And she's so far ahead of herself, you know, cause she's again, a creative and, and she's super hyper. And, and so, and I think that maybe that's the problem. These people are so far in the future that they're not in the present. Maybe. Right. Well, quantum jumping is quite helpful for receiving quote unquote, bad news, like a cancer diagnosis. I, I know several people who have um, taken a workshop with me or worked with me and they've been able to literally jump out of cancer, like in the elevator, going up to a doctor's office appointment, just like jumping, jumping, like, okay, this is going to be gone. I'm going to jump into that reality. Now that the person I'm mentioning who did this, he was a master meditator. He'd been doing that for years. So he was just literally visualizing there's another reality where I do not have this cancer. It's gone. And so by the time he jumped, you know, jump, jump, he was alone in the elevator. What might've looked funny. But he got to the appointment and, you know, it was clear. This does happen for a lot of people. So that's one application of reality shifting, quantum jumping, timeline jumping is, of course, to um, jump out of even things like a broken bone, even a burn. You know, I've, I've witnessed these for myself. And this, this goes to the limit of what we think placebo effect is, because Usually when you hear placebo effect, you're not thinking, but that can't cover a broken bone. Yes, it can. When it, when that placebo is basically quantum timeline jumping and you're going from a place where you know you had a broken bone, like my friend Susan did, and I share her story in my book, Quantum Jumps. And, and then when she went in for her appointment, um, there was nothing broken and she's starting a new job. And it's really hard to explain why did you take time off from your new job? To get these scans and x-rays done when you don't even have a broken leg. She's like, but I did. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. And that is so cool. And again, after I've read a lot of your um, stuff in your books, I started teaching it to my patients. Like I had um, a patient Sunday or Saturday uh, where she just was super stressed out. She was very young. She was only 20. She was having a lot of anxiety, depression due to her job. So everything else was okay. Her living situation was great. Family situation, boyfriend situation. She was going to school at, at a university. She was doing great except for this job, which was super stressful. She wasn't even, she was making okay, but she had a management position, but she was real stuck about letting it go where everybody was telling her just to let it go. So I sat there and I go, we're going to quantum jump out of this, you know, and I worked with her and I had time, which was so cool. And I was like, we're going to, we're going to do it. And she just, it was her pride just holding on to this, like Mm -hmm. by her fingertips, which was interesting. So then I told her, I go, okay, I'm going to give you a week of stress leave. And all of a sudden she jumped. She's like, that's right. She goes, wait a minute. She goes, I get a week of um, sick leave and I get a week of vacation time. Boom. There's your two weeks. Boom. Yeah. We, we, 
immediately we found it and just, she left out of there like she had just won the lotto she <laughs> I love it right and That's then we, awesome. yeah and she did have the belief system that she could get a, a new job that was better but I think it was because I asked her I go what is keeping you here is it your pride right and she's like yes I go you don't have to prove this to anyone I go this is you that exactly. is exactly keeping you there you're your worst enemy that's the key to looking at the, all this reality shifting and quantum jumping is just to know that it's just you and sort of a reflection of you that you're just playing with the universe like it's your best friend and it's hard to picture that because we tend to get caught up in drama and this yes. is this is the key to <laughs> just not going there. I love the way you worked with her. That's so Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, um, I think your stuff would be so great in the teen realm, you know, yes. because there's so much going on. There's so much disempowerment that I see, you know, even especially with bullying. Um, and I don't think bullying is being, um, uh, coached correctly personally. Right. You know, but if you coach it in a consciousness way, right? Because then I had another patient who was 12 who had gotten bullied by her best friend because she didn't do something her best friend had told her to. And so then they were the the best friend was picking on her. And the, this my patient was actually the sidekick where this girl was the kind of you know, the more important person, I guess, or, yeah. or more of like a narcissist in a way. And so she ends up uh, then. So the, the narcissist kid ends up hitting my patient in the head with her phone, uh, which, which was terrible, you know, and there was all, all these other problems. And, and so then I really sat with her and again, she told me her story. She told me what happened and it ended up, you know, I go, well, there's always something else going on with the bully and, and this poor girl, um, her, the bully, her father had just passed away. I mean, she had a lot of stuff going on and I go, well, see, do you understand? She's trying to control something. Yeah. So she sees you. So she's trying to control you. Right. I go, but all you have to say is like, when she accused you of something, you just say, no, I didn't do that. And you have to stand in your power. The way you I, like to, I like to invite people to ask that question. How good can it get? Because I it, love that. Yes. It, it, it immediately elevates the front because otherwise we get caught in our act, 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 do, do, do. And then we're sort of in autopilot mode where we're yes. playing, getting involved in these loops, the behavioral loops that we don't want to get stuck in. But if you ask how good can it get, it brings you above the drama. And then you get to a place of looking down and seeing it. And I also want to just give a shout out to Lynn Forrest's book, Beyond Victim Consciousness. She uh -huh. does. Yeah, she totally addresses this whole um, drama triangle is what it's called. I love it. We come into life and we're victims. We feel grief and sadness because we're crying and we don't get every need dealt with immediately, usually. So, and even if that did happen, there's going to be something that goes wrong. So we tend to, as infants, we're vulnerable, we're victims. And there's a lot of sadness there. Then we grow up a little bit. We could move into the next position on the unhappy merry-go-round, the unmarry merry-go-round. And then, you know, suddenly you're very fearful because you just know things can go wrong. And you, you're that friend who's just worried all the time, anxious all the time. And if you get stuck right. in that, it's very toxic. And then of course, then there's a perpetrator who's angry and they don't see themselves as the villain. They just know the right way to do things. And they have to just smash their hand down, their fist down and Usually it's slamming someone in the head with a cell phone or something. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened with this little, and I, I exactly. Yeah. 
you yeah. just outlined what happened, you know, it's perfect. And, and we all deserve better. We all deserve right. to be above that, not blaming the perpetrators. It's so easy to get caught up in this who's right, who's wrong drama, but it's, it's pointless. And so when you ask how good can it get, you're out of it. You start freeing yourself. It's the beginning of, you know, freedom for all of us. I use how good can it get when I wake up in the morning always. And I, and again, I teach it to my patients as well. You know, I had another patient who was, how old was he? I think he was 18 and he was um, a pretty big guy. He was very large, very tall. And um, he was a gamer. So I had to explain everything to him in video game terminology, which was great. And we had this amazing connection and um, I don't even know that much about, I know somewhat about video games, you know, some stuff. I know there's leveling um, up and that's appropriate. Yeah. Leveling up. That's what, <laughs> yes, yes. And, and, um, have you watched the movie free guy? Free guy is great. I, I'd love to see that. I, I saw that it came out and I haven't had a chance oh, yet to see it. it looks so, yes. much, so wonderful. Oh, it's so, so good. Cause it teaches you this and this guy in the movie free guy, um, he, he has to level up. He learns how to play the game, but he doesn't want to kill people. So he has to figure out how to level up without killing people, which is great. And that's what I was teaching this kid. Cause he was going to the gym. He didn't like going to the gym because people would stare at him. So I go, well, you just have to level up. And why don't you just, you know, start talking to the, to the person who's staring at you just say, Hey, what's up? Or how are you? Or, you know, yeah. something, either that person's going to start a conversation, you know, yeah. Uh, like, or they may give you a tip or they might not even talk to you and they might just go away. Like they're an NPC character, you know, they just kind of go away or, you know, or maybe you're bringing them to life, you know, right. which, which was um, very interesting uh-huh. and you never know what can happen. And so he started to see, he's like, oh, okay. I go, you have to treat life like a video game in a way. I mean, we are living in, in a simulated reality, where, uh, you know, if you believe that or like you write a holographic right. universe. Well, let's get, this goes back to the philosopher Leibniz, who was one of the two gentlemen that invented, invented calculus. They got the same idea at the same time. And this is Gottfried Wilhelm Leibniz. The other one is Isaac Newton. So yes. we know Newton, <laughs> but we use the notation from Leibniz. Leibniz was noticing that um, to be that observer, you know, he would love this whole quantum age, this quantum paradigm, because he's, he really wrote all about it, that when you get to that level of observation, that leveling up where you can look down at yourself as the observer, or as Shakespeare said, all the world is a stage and you know, yes. acting on it. Yeah, that's, that's the key. And so, you know, that from when you, when you write things, when you produce production, you know, sets and stories and, and bring them to life you know that you can play with the characterization of everything. And that is fundamentally the key to recognize that you are, there is a level of you, the real you who's observing the whole thing. And it's like, ta-da, then you're free. It's like the free from the the trap of being stuck in fight or flight with the autonomic nervous system stressed out, you know? Boom. Oh my gosh. Yes. I started to realize that in 2009, I was doing triathlons, like sprint triathlons, and I was swimming in the ocean. And all of a sudden, I got stuck in the ocean. Like I couldn't move forward. I couldn't move back. And I've been a swimmer my whole entire life. I've swam competitively in high school. Uh, and, and it was just so weird. I was stuck in my head. I was like, I know I can move forward, but I, my body's not going there. 
So I was stuck in fight or flight. And that's when I found a, um, I went to Los Feliz here in Los Angeles, uh, cause I had used to work at children's hospital at the time. And, um, I see this sign in front of this store and it said, are you stuck? <laughs> I'm in for a hypnosis and it was a sports hypnotherapy right. Love it. Uh, type practitioner and it was great. And she worked me through it. And I was in that fight or flight, you know, which a lot of people are, and they don't even realize that. Well, the main thing, if you're caught in a, in a, in a current or whatever happened to you in the ocean, um, it's good. If you can just recognize what's happening when you get to that observational awareness, like I'm stuck then you can remember like, oh, that's right. Relax, go sideways, you know? Yeah, that's go on your back um, right. when you swim, yeah. There are lots of different things to get you out of it. And sometimes when we're in that fight or flight, we forget to do that. But if you just do that little level up, observe it, how good can it get? That's a good question because it'll take you up a level. And then instantly you can see, usually, you know, suddenly the inspiration comes through. It, like, very, very true. Yes, yes, that's excellent. Um. I'm just like looking at my next question. <laughs> like, pause. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. Oh yeah. And we already talked about like just existing in other people's reality reality. Um, but um, so let's go ahead and talk about um, serendipities uh, and synchronicities. I yes. mean, because that's how, that's how my whole journey got started with all of this. And, um, basically what I can remember one day, um, is when I started to piece it together, I've had, again, like I said, serendipity synchronicities my whole entire life, but I never really started to connect them kind of like a Lego set or a puzzle set to, uh, make it have meaning in my life. Right. right. So, um, I found this softball right here one day when I was on a walk and, um, I kept it in my kitchen and, uh, something told me to watch this movie. It was called eighth grade and I really wanted to see it. And it's about this little girl who, um, is in eighth grade and she's opening up a time capsule in a shoebox from when she was in sixth grade. And she opens up the shoebox and there's many different things in there. And there is a ball that looks exactly like this. And there was writing on that softball. Okay. So it's, it's kind of a distinct softball that I have. It's fluorescent yellow. Right. Yes, yes. And so I, I go and I look, I go, that's really interesting. I go, but her ball has writing on it. My ball doesn't have writing on it. So I started to look at my ball and my ball does have writing on it. And it says Benditas on it. Right. And so I then think, and I was like, what does that mean to me? Benditas? And I was like, Oh, my favorite movie when I was a kid was time bandits. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. Right. And so in time bandits, what's happening in the movie, there's this little boy, you know, and his parents are not paying attention to him. They're so concerned with their electronics. Right. And this movie again was so far That's ahead of its future. Time. It's so far. <laughs> Yeah, it's so ahead of its time because that's what's happening right now. No one's paying attention, you know, and, and he just goes on this journey. I mean, he sees these little people come through his wall and they're like, hey, he's like, where are you? They're like, come with us. And he's like, where are you going? And they're like, oh, we're going to go through time because God created 
the universe or the world in seven days and there's a lot of imperfections. So we're going to go fix all these imperfections, you know, but you can quantum jump and go back into your life and fix those imperfections, right? Yeah. It, well, what happens is like, if you're the example earlier of this is a broken bone and it's healed, it's like, you're on a different timeline. So it's like, you've made a jump, like you shifted and you, you did it just, you made an adjustment to history, your history of what happened to you, whether that was a, like, I've done that with burns on my body and, and, and my friend did it with that broken bone. I haven't yet broken a bone, <laughs> but that's what's happening. Anytime we do that, we're shifting out of one reality and suddenly the entire history has been rewritten because if you go to look for evidence of what happened, like my friend did, she couldn't find the x-ray that ever showed what she had seen and what the doctor had seen originally. You have a broken leg. She knew she had a broken leg. She couldn't walk on it. It hurt. Um, so the, the evidence is gone with that previous version of reality every time. And so that's, what's interesting. It's like, it's like a rewrite has occurred, but these rewrites are occurring a lot, you know, a lot more often than we realize. Right. Like mirror, mirror on the wall. Right. Yeah, we used to say that when we were kids all the time, mirror, mirror on the wall, we used to play Snow the White. the fairest of them all, right? Right. Yeah. And now what is it? Mirror, mirror. It's or magic, magic, magic mirror on the wall. It even sounds wrong. We're stumbling around. Like, how do you say it? <laughs> so what is going on with that, Cynthia? I mean, can you explain a little bit about what the Mandela effect is for people who may not understand or, or are seeing these things, but they're thinking something is actually wrong with them yeah. and not the outside world? It's called the Mandela effect because people famously started noticing that Nelson Mandela was alive. Art Bell mentioned it on his Coast to Coast radio show. It got picked up. A lot of people heard that. And then at a conference, Dragon Con. Fiona Broom and some people, they may have heard Art Bell. I don't know, but then they're suddenly saying, "Wow, isn't that amazing? Nelson Mandela's alive. D do you remember he died too? Like, yeah, I do." So it became the Mandela effect, named after Nelson Mandela. However, I'd written about this previously in my book Reality Shifts, talking about um, a different actor, Larry Hagman, and it might as well have been called the Hagman effect. I'm fine with it being the Mandela effect. But, it, you know, it took like 10 years later and it caught on. So, um, but finally we're noticing it. It is a real phenomenon. It's not just people being alive again, but it's um, usually something that's on the periphery of our attentional awareness spectrum. So it's not usually your, your best friend or your child or your parent or your spouse that died and comes back to life. I haven't, that's not like a big thing because those people were so emotionally entangled with that we're seeing them a lot more often. Um, I do get a lot of emails and people asking how to change those kind of situations. Like there was medical accident occurred. I want my mother back. That oh, kind of wow. Thing. I get a lot of, I get tons of email about that. And then they want to know, is it possible? Yes, it's possible. But, you know, but basically you'd want to be like a yogi master to be able to accomplish such a thing, because you need to be in that detached, entangled state of mind, like a daydream blissed out state where, you're just cool with everything. Like the friends that you were like, what's he doing? Does he know what he's doing? You know? Yeah. You have to be yeah. that kind of like shifting between realities so effortlessly. He does. Yes. Yeah. And then no problem. Pretty much anything can come back. But most people, um, we quantum Zeno affect things in. We, we, we check, 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 check. Like if you've got OCD, check, 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 check. That's quantum Zeno effect. You can lock a quantum system in place that way. And that's what we're doing when we're familiar with our loved ones. And that's why people in South Africa 
don't want to call it the Mandela effect. They, they say, no, no, no. We always had Nelson Mandela. Of course they did. They've quantum Zeno affected it in. Check, 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 check. So you can lock a system in place that way. Um, but in order to get the good effects, you don't want to be locking things in place. You want to be like your friend who did the opposite. You know, he's detached. He's entangled. You know, that, what is that? Detached means that you're above it all, that you can be neutral and kind of balanced. And then entangled means you actually do care. He's not a mean person, probably. No, no, he's not. Um, it, it's interesting. Just like you write in your conscious book, it, it's who you tell the story to will yes. perceive it in a different way. Yes. So, so I had to learn that because I, I, I remember I was telling a story, but then I started noticing how people would interpret it. And I had to be very careful. They were just interpreting it based on their own personal experiences. Right. Like if I told someone who hated men about this, oh, he's such an asshole. Oh, he did this. And he's, a, I go, no, 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 that's not, that's, that's not where we're not, going here. That's no. <laughs> and, and, and it was just like, that's not who he is. No. You know, I'm yeah. trying to figure this out, you yes. know, and I'm trying to look at it at, with, uh, um, in an objective way as we should with everything, you know, just an open mindset about what is actually going on here. And you're interesting. It, you did say he cared. Yes. We were quantumly entangled yes. as well. That's the entanglement. That's love. That's like a heart core, <laughs> heart to heart energy chords, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. you can feel it. Like a, yeah, those bonds yeah. of love. Yeah, yeah, and and we were because um I would feel whenever he was having a bad day, it was weird. I would get these weird pains, kind of like the Harry yeah. Potter, um like yeah. uh, when Harry Potter or like Voldemort killed someone, Harry Potter would get this like tinge and twinge in his forehead. That's what was happening to me. Like, and I started <laughs> to look at it because I was like, okay, is this my perimenopause or what else is going on? It only would happen at certain times of the day. Ah. And I started to really look at it and, and, and jot it down. And so then, and it was only thoughts of him and they were very negative thoughts. Okay. So I would, I started to call him on it and I started to text him. I was like, Hey, even when we weren't dating, I was like, um, what's going on with you at this time? Right. And so he would tell me, he was like, oh, I had a fight with my partner at work or, you know, I'm just so frustrated. I'm so angry. I'm so I go, you need to like, because <laughs> <laughs> I am a pretty happy go lucky, yeah. very, you know, and I would be like, I got a massage. I remember one day I got a massage and I was shopping at Bed Bath and Beyond and boom, I just yeah. started crying and go. And I, and it was just like, it felt like a tornado hit me and it, it was really intense. And, and so I, I had to really talk to him and um, you know, and then his mother died and it got even worse. And then I go, maybe I just got to wait it out. You know, and I talked to several people on just getting it off and it was, it was really hard. I mean, thank God it's, it's like non-existent now. Um, but it was, it was pretty, pretty intense there for quite a while, you know? So so you're saying that that is a true love cord. Well, I'm saying that we're connected with love cords. Like I have, I had a pet dog who's passed away now, but anytime I went to the grocery store um, and come back home, he wouldn't bark when I came home from the grocery store, unless and only when the, there had been butcher's bones for dogs that I had picked up only then, unless and until only then it's like, he was psychically with me in the grocery store. I love it. He, yeah. He's home alone the dogs like looking after the house, but then I come back and then he's just like, he just go 
would go bananas like woof, 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 woof. like he knew you've got bones the butcher gate had them today for you and I'm like yeah i do okay hold on a minute i'm still putting groceries away i can't believe you know it every single time oh yeah you knew <laughs> oh my gosh that's so awesome i love it i love it so um another thing i want to talk about is consciousness as well um because this is an, another very interesting phenomenon that was happening to me um, and maybe other people listening to this can relate because um, I was reading it in your consciousness book and then it was like, oh, okay, that's what's happening. Um, so certain times when I would date someone or meet someone, I would go and it was a particular person. Maybe it was our energies were lining up. I would go into this trance um, and it kind of like an altered state of reality uh, with this person. Okay. Um, now these guys were how can I explain them? I mean, maybe I was vibrating higher and they were vibrating at my level, except they were doing nefarious things, or maybe they couldn't get as self-realized as I was because they were wanting to, like a lot of them were wanting to do what I was doing. You know, either they had studied writing, but never could get there because of their beliefs and never could um, execute whatever they were doing or whatever creative project they were doing, but I was executing it. Yeah. Um, and, um, and it was, it, it was just weird. Cause I would, I would know it's just a, a very weird feeling um, where you're conscious, but you're not. And you're like, you know, you're telling yourself this person's bad for me, but yet I, I need to go through something. And then all of a sudden, once you learn the lesson or once you right. um, shift your consciousness, it just, it feels like a cord has been cut. It's like you get tethered and you get woken up. Um, and, and I've talked to a couple of men who have been put under these types of um, hypnotic type trances themselves, which um, one of them I call um, the siren curse. The other one I call the fury curse um, going over uh, the Greek myths of um, those uh, deities. Right. So what is actually happening in those instances? Well, it's a real unique person by person thing. So it's hard to generalize, uh -huh. but I, if I were to generalize and if that was my experience, then I'd be immediately looking at levels of self. So if you know, uh -huh. like if you're familiar with chakras, you got your crown yes. chakra sevens, six is the Anya third eye, you know, five is your throat, four is your heart, blah, blah, blah. So if you equate those to levels of consciousness itself, then you can start noticing um, when you feel like you're in a trance or you're feeling like not quite fully there, um, what you're right. doing is um, engaging at some of these lower levels. You might feel ah. there's a lot of interaction. I've got a book or advantage talking about these chakras and these energy levels, because it's all about consciousness, right? right? And the way that we relate to others um, often gets tangled up in these kinds of energy sucks um, where someone feels like they're grabbing energy but it's it's not a victim situation just like we said earlier it's we don't mm -hmm. have to look at them like oh they're the bad guy not necessarily usually there's a dynamic that's un in underway that you're actually getting an opportunity to learn from yes. this dynamic yes yeah so if you look at the levels of self again that your observer level how good can it get go up 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 level up level up level up then you start recognizing, oh, I needed to go through that. So I could yeah. finally, finally clear this longstanding pattern that I've been stuck in, you know, that I don't need to do anymore. And you don't need to blame any person or any situation. Right. And that's what I see from my own personal experiences, even though they've been um, 
quite painful emotionally. (laughs) I will have to say. Um, but, uh, I have learned a lot. It's forced me to, um, read, get more self-realized, go into what I am supposed to really be doing, you know, which, and, and it's, it's brought many of my creative projects full circle where I was doing a lot of intuitive writing, a lot of, um, just guided writing, uh, uh, channeled writing, I guess you would say. Yes. And I didn't understand what I was writing. I was like, I don't know what this is. I, I was like, where am I going with this? I, I don't <laughs> right. know, you know, and right. sometimes what I would be writing would manifest in my real world. And I, and I would just kind of shelf it because it would freak me out. <laughs> that could really freak people out. I've had some freak out situations, but they tend to be good ones for me. Like I was feeling lonely on my birthday. My kids were middle school age and they were at that age where don't walk to school with us. We're and so I'd walk behind them and it's my birthday. And then it starts like gently raining or something. And I'm feeling like, oh my gosh. So I'm, I'm in that kind of mood. And then like a Hallmark card come to life. There's this grandmother on a park bench with her granddaughter and the grandmother opens a box and it's a birthday cake. And then she lights the candles. I love not, it. And that's as I'm walking by. And I just felt like, did I just get the perfect birthday card from the angels and God or what? You know, like, okay, I have no problems. <laughs> I love that stuff like that happens to me on a daily basis. I yes. mean, it, was, it was my birthday on the fifth and, um, you know, and I was saying to myself, well, I guess I, I didn't get that many birthday cards this year. I didn't get that many calls oh. this year. And all of a sudden I turn around and I grab this card that's just right here and I open it mm. up because it says ouch on it. And I go, I never, you know, I I don't remember getting sick and someone sending me a card. This is really bizarre. So I open up this card and I read it and it's a birthday card, but it doesn't have a date on it. And it's the funniest birthday card ever because it says, you know, you're my favorite. Don't tell the others. (laughs) That's exactly it, right? Right. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> right. Right. So stuff like that happens to me all the time. Like I, this, this is another interesting one. I wrote mm-hmm. a blog about, about heroes the other day mm-hmm. and um, you know, I just was kind of writing it and it was off that song. I need a hero. I forgot yes. the woman's name, but yes. it was very popular. Oh, like I lo- late yeah, 80s. I remember that. Yeah. Right. And um, all of a sudden I go to a clinic the next day and I get my last patient and my medical assistant gives me the patient. And I was like, can you read me this name? And she's like, hero. Oh, that's so cool. This is serendipity. This is synchronicity. This is our high selves playing with us and saying, like, like, you want to see something that's going to blow your socks off. You know, you want to celebrate your birthday. Here you go. You know, and, right. and when you bring that much energy to your day and you're asking how good can it get every day? You can totally get these things every day and they are amazing. They are amazing, but you can also do weird ones. Cause here's a weird one I was doing the (laughs) other day. Cause I've been vibing really high. I spent a month in the desert and I would meditate every day in front of this mountain. So I was, I came back super high vibe to LA and um, I was like, I wonder what it would be like if I had kids. I think that the thing that I would hate the most, if I would have children would be taking them to school every day. Okay. I go to work. This was this week. And I, the, the security guard makes me park in this weird area and it's right across the street from a school. And she's like, Oh, don't worry. You just park there. I'll watch your car. I was like, okay, I've never had to park here before. This is really bizarre. Right. (laughs) And and I've worked at this clinic before this is, and I go, okay. So I go and I do my work. I come out around four 30. Someone is double parked in front of me. 
and it's a parent and she's picking up her kid from school. And I was like, oh, I- <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> I wouldn't move. I was like, excuse me, can you move your car? And she would not move until her kid came out of school. I was like, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah. And I write about this in reality shifts too. It's, it's like, whatever you think about, sometimes it happens. It's like, yes. and, and even when you didn't mean for it to happen, but then it catches your attention later and you recognize, okay, did I just do that? And yeah, I guess the short answer is yes. Cause you're bringing your attention to it. It's like that quantum Zeno effect thing where you're checking something, looking for something, observing it. And even like, it's like our consciousness doesn't know the difference in time. So if you're focusing on it, like a possible future thing, and then it just brings it to you. Like, here you go, you know? Right, right. And yeah, it happens to me on a daily basis. And sometimes I go through periods where it's kind of dry, you know, nothing's happening. And I'm like, oh, I want to see magic, you know, or nutmeg is a great psychedelic. I mean, for me, nutmeg does it, you know, I eat these gluten-free pumpkin muffins in the desert uh, that they sell at my favorite coffee shop. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, you know, You're so funny. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need to take like my friend the other day was like, Do you want to do some mushrooms? I'm like, no. <laughs> so no. I go, I, go I can see stuff without mushrooms. On nutmeg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nutmeg is enough for me. I, I mean, um, one of the things before we end here and and uh, wrap it up is what I've noticed is when, when I was starting to do this quantum uh, timeline jumping thing, I was noticing the subtle differences because you have to be very yeah, conscious when you right. do it, correct? Yes. And you have to bring a lot of energy. So um, my friend and I started doing it when we were we watched the movie, The OA. Have you seen The OA? No, but I've heard about that. One oh, oh, my it's gosh. You need to be amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's amazing. You have I'm watching I'm rewatching. I rewatched a couple of episodes and then they made sense the second time around. Now that I've studied um, all, all of the uh, reality shifts and everything, it totally makes sense on what's yeah. going on and how she's doing it, um, because it also talks about near death experiences as well. Um, so when I started doing it, uh, I, I was dating this one guy and we, um, had gotten intimate in the first couple of times that I had slept with him, he was wearing these bikini brief underwears. And then the, the third time he was wearing, um, boxers. And I said to him, I go, Oh, you're wearing boxers today. He's like, I always wear boxers. <laughs> like his, his mood was also Ooh. different that day. And it was, I was just like, what? this is bizarre. And, and so, um, and, and then I, I was writing some blogs for a client who I kind of was having to handhold, you know, and, and then, and then she just started changing everything. She's like, okay, my medical director needs to read these. And I was like, wait a minute, that's not in our contract. So um, it, it was bizarre. And so I asked my of my friends who I was practicing this with, and she's a metaphysician. I was like, oh my gosh, all this stuff, weird stuff started happening. And she goes, when did you start quantum jumping? <laughs> yeah. She's like, you've leveled up and they're like here, you know? And I yeah. just started laughing so hard. It was the funniest thing. And I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. But sometimes you can be in a reality and things look really gray. Like you're consciousness or you're vibrating at a different level mm-hmm. and, and things look gray. Like I, I was working at this migrant shelter and it just wasn't, I was like, it sounded cool. I had jumped into it. The money was good, but then I was like, oh, I don't want to be here. You know, this isn't for me. And, and no sooner did I say, this isn't for me. I just boom, jumped it out. Like immediately I got fired. <laughs> 
<laughs> Perfect. It was hilarious. <laughs> you know, but even the Starbucks, like I went in the Starbucks feels weird. Uh-huh. It felt robotic, like gray, robotic, just very stale very bizarre. So can you explain what's going on? It's just a different, Yeah, well, there are different energies in different places. Um, I like to raise the energy. If I'm going to be standing in line at the post office, for example, then I'll just vibe it up. Like I, yes. just, I need to do that. Cause I don't want to be in a place when it feels like that low energy, things can go wrong. If you're in a place when it's low energy, that can be the, the moment that a truck crashes into the, into the building, you know, like those kind of bad things happen. Um, like when energy is noticed to be lacking. I, there was a famous incident that Edgar Casey was told by a woman who said that she didn't get in an elevator one time. She was at a shop, she was shopping and she saw the elevator doors open and the people inside had no auras. They were just like gray. Yes. And she's like, eh. and she said, she, even though she was waiting, she pushed the button, she was waiting for the elevator. She did not get in. And then the door closed and then the elevator just like, it crashed. You know? <gasps> so and a lot of people get these kind of indicators, you know, but I think we're doing that all the time. So your, your choice is if you can't raise the energy of the place, which is, that's what I like to do. Like, Hey, I'm here. And I've had talks with source, the creator about it. Like, okay, I'm messing with people's karma. And the response I got back was you're there, aren't you? And then I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. So, because I know I'm changing people's, you know, yeah, you're shifting the I'm reality. Changing. Yeah, I'm totally changing everything, but it's okay if it's good and you're raising, you're vibing it up. Then, no, no, no harm, no foul, and it, it may prevent problems from occurring um, that wouldn't, you know, because you're raising the energy of a place. That's one option. If you, if, for people who are listening to this and they feel like, my gosh, I need energy. I don't have energy to spare. Then start meditating more. Do some qigong. Do something that gives you the energy, so you've got a little extra. Cause that's what you need to start playing with all this. Otherwise it's fine. They'll just leave the, don't go in. If it feels weird, you know, mm-hmm. be happy when you get fired, if you get fired, all that stuff. Good. <laughs> so true. I'm always raising the energy. I mean, everywhere I work has to be a party, you know, like yeah. I, I ended up working my birthday. Everybody's like, you're working on your birthday. It was a party. I took, yeah. I took two dozen donuts. I took coffee. I worked with a lot of people. I, we just had a, a, an amazing time. You know, it was fun. We were joking. We were laughing. We we're telling stories all day long. I love it. Patience. It was great. The The vibe was very, very high. That's what I would love. That's what I, I would love that for earth, that it was, everything's a musical. That's all just like festivity and celebration everywhere. That, that's what I would love. Yeah. I think we need to now with all the gas prices going up, we need to like visualize and go gas prices down. <laughs> <laughs> looking like I want to pay this much for gas right <laughs> right <laughs> everybody put their consciousness on that you know but that's true because um even during COVID you know COVID was a tough time for a lot of people but I would walk around and I would you know I never got bothered very rarely did I get bothered like I got attacked one time but then I I had to I knew I was the one to shift that consciousness and I did things and positive things came out of it like I got them to remove this big sign that they had on this um street this electrical sign uh which was causing people to fight with each other and to scream at each other for a mask while they were walking in on a bike path that was in open air so it was very bizarre and they ended up um I, i wrote the police chief a letter and then that sign came down after I wrote that letter. Yay. So it was great. And it changed that consciousness. Like nobody's fighting anymore. 
that's that's so important. It's like people think that they can't, they have no power. You have a lot of power. You're living here in this space. You got to, you know, change it, shift it, have fun with it. Yeah. And together we can help each other rise out of this, all this collective drama, but we can do it through telling stories. You know, drama can be part of the solution too. Yeah. Telling stories, having fun, having a party, you know, laughing and and just raising the vibration that way um, in a very fun way. So this has been an awesome conversation. Any um, closing points that you would like to leave us with, of course, on the, how good can it get? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's, I think the best thing. And I didn't talk too much about the, um, the international Mandela effect conference. Oh yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Just tell us where you're going to be. And, um, well, we're not doing physical things. Yeah. We're still doing the live stream events on YouTube. So it's international Mandela effect conference. I know that's long, but you can just go to imec.world and subscribe to our newsletter and you'll get um, announcements about when we're doing things to basically level up for humanity. That's what we're working on is recognizing that there's a collective shift underway and the Mandela effect is part of our collective awakening. So we look at things like animals that are coming back and so forth. It's fun. And sometimes have scientists on the show. And you can find me through my website, realityshifters.com. I also publish a monthly newsletter, Reality Shifters, and I include firsthand reports of people noticing these amazing experiences, as well as any news that's happened in the past month. So that's been published monthly since the 1990s, and every issue is on my website, which is realityshifters.com. Excellent. And I'm going to have links on uh, our show notes to your website and um, where people can find you and get a hold of you. So, because uh, you also do consultations too, which I think is yes. amazing. Yeah, I do coaching with people. And a lot of the people I work with are coaches themselves. That, that seems like the that's the majority of my client base right now. But I think that's because um, the light workers want to know, like, how do we do this quantum jumping? How can we see the subtleties? How can I teach that to my um, clients and so forth. And a lot of them are um, doctors, nurses, and so forth. So excellent. It's, it's the healers, it's, it's the way showers, the light workers are here. You know, we're waking it's go time. Yeah, it's go time. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on Nurses and Hypochondriacs. It's been My super pleasure. fun. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nurses and Hypochondriacs. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And we'd love it if you left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It totally helps us out. And uh, go ahead and throw us some bucks. Our links to PayPal and Venmo are on our show notes. Thanks again. 